This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos. Between being on Zoom calls all day, having to wear a mask everywhere, and now using your eyes and your eyes only to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite line of brow products that are so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, you can have the most amazing brows ever. They have an amazing range of products from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, and gels. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Molly. Molly, today we've got an itch that we've needed to scratch for quite a long time, and it's called yeast infections. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and just knock that one out. Want to put some puns out there? Yep. That pun, uh, done. <laughs> so now we can move on. Yet, it, it's something that has been on our women's health to-do list for a while. Mm-hmm. Not to get, to do, to talk about. That is yeast infections. But we've probably avoided it up until now. I don't know, maybe like 240, 250 episodes. Because who wants to talk about yeast infections? And maybe more importantly to our listeners, who wants to listen to <laughs> talk about people talk about yeast infections? But the fact of the matter is, as many as three out of four women will have a yeast infection in their lifetime. So we got to talk about it. And some and, men. Yeah, we'll dudes, get to you guys later. Watch out. Penile yeast infections, they can happen. So because it's so common, we've, we've got to discuss it, even though it's, you know, no one's fit idea of a, a picnic, but it's important. Yeah. And there's some useful information out there that I think women especially will appreciate. Bef- before we get to our fascinating findings, let's go over a little bit of yeast infection 101. My favorite class in college. Yes. Uh, yeast infections are a type of vaginitis or an inflammation of the vagina, which is characterized by vaginal irritation, intense itchiness, and vaginal discharge. And a lot of times this discharge should be Odorless. Yes. And tuck that away in your mind because this will come up. That odorless factor will come up later. Yes, because some discharge is normal. Your, your vagina is teeming with bacteria and yeast. And most of the time, these are in perfect harmony. Right. And as the vagina cleans itself, you will have discharge throughout the month. It's abnormal discharge that's really going to start to play in to the vaginal infection story. Right. And you get a yeast infection when that balance is thrown out of whack and you end up with an overgrowth of candida fungus, typically the candida albicans fungus, which is also found on the skin and the digestive tract. So there's nothing wrong with the fact that you're producing it. You're just producing too much. And there are certain things that can increase your risk for a fungus outbreak, such as antibiotic use. A lot of times uh, your doctor, if you're prescribed antibiotics, you're a woman, your doctor might recommend you eating yogurt Mm -hmm. with live active cultures in it to help keep your fungal growth down. Because an antibiotic is going to kill out all the bacteria in your system, good or bad, despite the fact that your vagina is full of that good stuff Mm -hmm. that is keeping the yeast in balance. When you are pregnant, especially in the 
second trimester, you are especially at risk for a yeast infection because of the surge in estrogen that can also disrupt that bacteria in yeah. the vagina. Yeast loves estrogen. Yes. Also, you might also get a yeast infection around the time you're menstruating. Any big hormonal surge could bring on a yeast mm-hmm. infection. And also, if you have uh, diabetes because of blood sugar levels, which, again, what do yeast love? Yeast love sugar. sugar. <laughs> so that could cause a yeast infection and impaired immune systems and really anything that could disrupt the that lovely balance, microbial balance down there, including douching. Yes, I don't know why douches are still in the market because I've I've never seen a good use for a douche. So you got a yeast infection, or you think you've got a yeast infection? Yeah, let's go through. We we talked about general vaginitis symptoms, but specifically for a yeast infection, the symptoms are itching and irritation in the vagina and at the entrance to the vagina, mm-hmm. a burning sensation, especially during intercourse or while urinating, redness and swelling of the vulva, vaginal pain and soreness. And probably the telltale symptom that a lot of us know, the thick, white, odor-free vaginal discharge with a cottage cheese appearance. Oh, my God. Thank you, Mayo Clinic. I'm still having to recover from that description. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. You got some of these symptoms. Perhaps you got some burning, some itching south of the border. So you assume that you have a yeast infection. So what are you going to do? You're going to pop over to your drugstore and you are going to select perhaps a one-time application or one to three day antifungal cream ointment or suppository. Your monostats. Yes, your monostats. Like this is a class of drugs called the azoles. And so you think you've treated it. Yeah. I mean, what could be easier than paying, you know, 15 bucks? Yeah. Putting on a cream for a few days and waiting it out get rid of it. Well, here's the thing. Self-diagnosis of yeast infections might be harder than we might assume. We found some studies indicating that only a third of the women who are buying these over-the-counter vaginal antifungal products have accurately self-diagnosed their conditions. So in other words, we are treating the wrong problem, which could lead to recurring issues down there. Yes. May I quote uh, Susan Hofstetter, a researcher at St. Louis University School of Medicine? Yes, you may. She has probably one of my favorite quotes we've come across in this podcast research. Quote, everything that itches is in a yeast infection. End quote. Wise words. Wise words. Just because it feels like yeast infection, you, you've Googled your symptoms, you've come up with yeast infection. The fact of the matter is, is that the, the vast majority of people buying that cream at the drugstore probably do not have a yeast infection. In fact, instead of a yeast infection, you might have herpes or chlamydia or bacterial vaginosis, trichomoniasis, an STD of another sort, cervical infection, or something horrifying called pinworms. <laughs> well, that that's going to bring people down. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, the the point, the takeaway is that you should go to your doctor and make sure that what you have is right. yeast infection. We're not trying to make you scared of your vagina, <laughs> but rather, uh, yes, um, more proactive yes. in going to the doctor. Yes. Because no one wants to go to the doctor and be like, I got some funky discharge and it burns down there. Because, hey, we should probably mention, yes, yeast infections can be brought on by sexual activity, but that is not like 
a qualifying factor for it. You can have yeast infection if you've never had sex. Right. So, you know, people might get scared to go to their doctor and say, you know, something's burned down there. The doctor might judge me for something I might have done to my vagina. They've all seen it before. Go to them and say, what's what's going on down there? Well, and certainly if you think that you have a yeast infection and you are sexually active with someone, you should take care of it as soon as possible because you can pass that yeast infection back and forth and back and forth like a game of hot potato. Yes. As as we mentioned earlier, men can get yeast infections. It's called balanitis. It's a yeast infection of the penis. Mm-hmm. And men, according to what I've read, it burns. Up to 15% of male partners, in fact, can develop that itching mild rash on the end of the penis. And also, similar risk factors like diabetes and impaired immune systems also put men at higher risk for developing yeast infections. But uh, the good news is a lot of times those over-the-counter fungal treatments such as monostat can work on your penile yeast infection. Just rub it on, buddies. And we should mention we don't receive any money from monostat. It's just, you know, we've all seen the commercials. I thought this was one interesting tidbit, though, speaking of men, um, that was mentioned on a site that we found discussing penile yeast infections. And they said that one chemical called nanoxanol 9 in some latex condoms could potentially cause anal yeast infections. If you're a gay man using condoms, mm-hmm. that could happen. Just something to be aware of. Now, one reason why you can't just say, I'm going to risk it and buy the cream, and if it goes away, it goes away, and if it doesn't, great, is because of the risk of bacterial vaginosis, which I think we should just touch on briefly, because these are two conditions that are really frequently mixed up, Mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is they have different causes, so they need different cures, whereas a yeast infection is an overgrowth of the yeast due to a lack of bacteria, Bacterial vaginosis is the opposite. It's too much bad bacteria. And the symptoms of that are vaginal discharge that's thin and grayish white, foul-smelling fishy vaginal odor, especially after sexual intercourse, which remember Kristen said that odor thing is an issue. That that might be a tip-off that you're not dealing with a yeast infection. Vaginal itching or irritation, pain during intercourse, burning during urination, light vaginal bleeding. Again, these delightful symptoms come courtesy of the Mayo Clinic. And again, not something that you get from sex. It's not an STD. It's not a a direct result of sex. Often it happens after sex, but you don't have to have sex to experience bacterial vaginosis. But speaking of sex, one interesting point uh, I thought that Mayo Clinic made was that sometimes a new sexual partner, or if you have multiple sexual partners, you might have a higher risk for developing bacterial vaginosis. Again, nothing to be scared of, but just something to be aware of. And it's also common for BV to come back within three to six months. So it requires an antibiotic as compared to the cream or suppository that you might get if you have a yeast infection. So again, different causes, different cures. That's why as much as we all hate doing it, sometimes you've got to go to the doctor, especially if it's what you think is your first yeast infection. Now, there are some women who once they have a few, they've got the drill down. Mm -hmm. They might be able to self-treat. But if it's your first yeast infection, call the doctor, have him check it, him or her check it out. Your nurse practitioner, we were not supposed to say just doctor anymore, your favorite women's health practitioner, and get it checked out. And also, though, if you have had at least four and or more yeast infections in a year, you need to go to your doctor. Yes, you might need a more um, more elaborate regimen. Now, Krista mentioned that 
uh, pregnant women often get yeast infections. Yes. It's actually the highest risk period of a woman's life. Yes. Um, but don't just let it, just, don't just rub, um, write it off as a normal pregnancy symptom because if you don't get it treated before the baby's born, it can pass on to the baby. And then when the baby is breastfeeding, you might notice something called oral thrush, which is a yeast infection of the mouth. And again, this is one that can go back and forth, back and forth between uh, baby's mouth and breast if it's not taken care of. And they, this is characterized by, quote, creamy white lesions inside the mouth. And it's just from fungus accumulating on the lining of your mouth. Yeah. So it's for our audience, I think it's particularly interesting to women who are thinking about becoming mothers or are about to become mothers. Although oral thrush can also happen with any adult who's got an immunocompromised system. Another reason to go to the doctor if you're having a lot of yeast infections. What's going on with your immune system? And remember that yeast infections don't just happen on your vagina or your penis. They can happen in other areas that collect moisture, such as beneath your breasts mm-hmm. or in your armpits. Yeah. Yeast loves moisture and sugar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just fungus is nothing to be scared of. It's no. all over us. And remember, three out of four women are going to have this. It's mm-hmm. nothing to be ashamed of. It's a thing to go to your doctor for. Yeah, just take care of it. Yeah. So, so hopefully you weren't listening during lunch. Um, and congratulations to everyone out there who made it through our conversation about yeast infections. And if you are a dude who's listened to us, I give you five gold stars. All right. You may cash in nowhere. (laughs) So if you've got any thoughts about yeast infections, you can send them to us. Um, I don't know if we want yeast infection anecdotes. Yeah, I was about to say, let's, let's keep it, um, somewhat clean. I mean, I know it's not a dirty subject per se. Discharge is normal, but. Unless you're a dude who's had a yeast infection, I'd like to hear from you. (laughs) Well, uh, no matter your thought, be it yeast infection or other, otherwise related. Email us. It's momstuff at howstuffworks.com, and we are going to read some emails now. I've got an email here from Heather in response to our podcast on bicycling, and she loves biking. She's a bike commuter in Seattle, and she says, it's definitely the fastest, cleanest, most fun way to get around, especially in a city with horrible traffic. I wanted to comment on the issue brought up of vaginal soreness and general pain for women on bikes. A good way to solve these issues is simply getting a bike that fits and has a proper seat. A good fitting female seat makes a world of difference for a vagina, and it may take trying out a few to find one that fits, just like finding the perfect high heels. You can also go to your local bike shop and get a bike fitting with a trained expert to make sure your bike is the right size, length, etc. for your body. And Heather says, get on your bike and ride. Well, I have one here from Abby, and the subject line was double whammy, which got my interest. And she has lived through two of our podcast topics, (gasps) is love at first sight possible, and how can you not know you're pregnant? And I'll share a little bit of her email. She writes, when I first saw my now fiancé, I was smitten. At the time, I was working as a barista at Starbucks when one day a magnificent specimen of man walked in. Though we spent months of avoiding eye contact to hide our mutual flush fa- faces and clammy hands, of course, it turns out he was all about me, too. He probably spent two grand on coffee before he worked up the courage to hand me his card. Three days later, on my birthday, I was standing in his apartment about to hit the town with a few of his friends and him. After our date, I'd basically moved in. We enjoyed each other's company immensely. And even though at several points we tried to deny our magnetic attraction, we failed. So there's one podcast. Second podcast, after a year of dating while I was on birth control, he got pregnant with our first and only child. I say that because we are not very child-oriented persons, nor do we ever intend to have a child of our own. And I had had an illness I discovered four years ago where doctors had told me my chances of successful childbirth were very improbable. 
But surprise pregnancy. In November of 2010, we gave birth to a completely healthy baby boy. And so she wrote that since, you know, they're new parents, um, she wanted to have the email read as a birthday gift for that. What, she, what did she call him? Magnificent specimen of man. Oh. So happy birthday to Abby's fiance. Well, if you have any thoughts you'd like to send our way, our email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. We'd love to see you over on Facebook as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And lastly, why don't you head over to our blog during the week for some leisurely reading? It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Dear Young Rockers Season 2 is a raw, honest, strange, and entertaining story about finding yourself in your early 20s and a lifelong relationship with music. It's hosted by me, Chelsea Erson, and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. Dear Young Rocker comes to you from Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.